The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Prospect Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And thank you to New Day. Big shout out to them at New Day Music on Twitter. We appreciate the new intro. Seems to be a hit with our fan base. Uh, so thank you for that. James, we're going to be looking ahead to September call-ups today. Also answering a few mailbag questions. I don't remember the last time we did answer mailbag questions, but Derek Van Riper. Passed a couple of prospect-related questions along to us, and we'll address those. But first, and I've settled down a little bit, I want to talk about this Ronald Acuna situation. First, the run he was on, but then this plunking. Thankfully, you know, he turned out to be minor. He is back in the lineup already today, but I was pretty steamed last night. I, I could tell you were you were fired up. I, I didn't see the play live. I didn't even see it until you texted me about it. Uh, I mean, you were you were steamed for sure. Yeah, and it's just cowardly, man. And it, it's an embarrassing thing for anybody who likes baseball. Yeah, I mean, we could go on a, a long, long thing about this, but uh, you know, I part of the reason why like a sport like the NBA has just completely left baseball in the dust is because their good players are allowed to act like they're good on the court. They're yeah. allowed to show what be good. Yeah. They're allowed to show some swag. They're allowed to uh, get fired up when they do something awesome. And I know that, you know, there's so many just old school baseball people. Like I'm sure half the people listening to this podcast are, are consider themselves old school, but, uh, you know, it's just this is not how we should expect. We shouldn't expect every single young player that's good to just be humble, almost to the point of just fake humbleness. Like, yeah, uh, there's this. I mean, like, not everyone should have to do the like head down, run around the bases, especially when you've hit like seven homers in five games or or whatever Acuna did. So, uh, I mean, this is kind of who he is. I know there are some people that just 
have never really been a fan of his makeup because they just, you know, I mean, like I, I think he's a lot more, uh, Bryce Harper than Mike Trout when it comes to just the way he kind of conducts his business. Uh, I, I actually kind of, my comp on his sort of just attitude and, and makeup and everything is sort of Hanley Ramirez. Um, I mean, that's just kind of the way he is. Like he's, uh, he's got some confidence. He's a little cocky. He deserves to be cocky in my mind. I mean, if, if anybody in any other sport like football or basketball was this good, this young, uh, they would be super cocky and people would love them for it. And for some reason in baseball, some people take offense to that. And I mean, he, he got hit basically because he's good and knew he's good. And, you know, how are you not supposed to show some emotion when you're on the type of heater he was on? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just total chicken, chicken crap. And yeah, I mean, I, I was fired up too when I saw it. Uh, perhaps, not as fired up as as you or the Braves announcers, just because I wasn't all that surprised by it. I mean, we saw it with like Bryce Harper, Harper uh, back when he was a rookie. Um, it's just kind of sad that I mean, this is how you're going to turn away young fans is when not only do you do some people expect Acuna to act in a different way, but teams like the Marlins are going to throw at a guy like that. And that, what if that cost him like a month? Then that the, the biggest story in baseball is on the DL for, for a month and you're screwed. So uh, it's just, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah. I mean, that could have been like the best case scenario played out. What really made me mad was that, you know, you're putting this kid who's 20 years old. He is a kid. You know, what if that 97 mile per hour fastball had been up at his face? You know, you're putting his long term well-being in jeopardy that's like if somebody was awesome at basketball you go out there and you punch them in the face <laughs> yeah like throw they, an elbow at their head like yeah. on purpose like it's just not it's not just a plunking <laughs> in a baseball game it's actually pretty dangerous into the i'm trying to think of the good the right word for it the um entitlement to feel like you could go out there and you know put this guy's well-being in your own hands and just do something like that because you don't like that he, you know, pimped a couple of homers against you. I just think that's really telling about who Jose Urania is and just makes me mad because I don't think anybody should be feel entitled to, you know, put a kid's well-being and and health at, at long-term risk like that. I mean, I I hope Acuña keeps pimping home runs yeah. and I hope that he just keeps rubbing it in pitchers' faces because uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is the star that, that baseball needs right now. Like, I mean, how, how many times have people complained about the fact that like Mike Trout doesn't really, uh, show any emotion or anything like that? I mean, I, I would happily see Acuna continue to, uh, know that he's good, show that he's good and make pitchers deal with it. I just hope that MLB, uh, can legislate this in a way where you're not able to, put one of the the game's best stars in physical jeopardy Mm -hmm. and get to skate on it with like a a five game suspension or something like that yeah i hope they give him a nice long one i know there hasn't been any word yet but if uh yaziel puig just got two games i mean jose Arena needs like a hundred pretty Um, pretty frustrating and just embarrassing because you know if you're a baseball fan just having this childish childish bs you know macho stuff come out it just makes the whole game look bad i think yeah so and i mean it's bad before i mean we we obviously went on a little bit of a rant from that but even before that happened last night i was ready to go on a rant today about just mostly just people on twitter uh (laughs) i i haven't i i really haven't said anything uh, on Twitter during this uh, Acuna run, um, just because I mean, what what's there really to say? Uh, but I mean, you, people should not be taking victory laps, uh, especially at the apex of a player's career. Probably, I mean, this is probably the hottest Ronald Acuna is ever going to be at the dish. Uh, and in, I don't know how you could be any hotter. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I mean, the the people that are the quickest to take a victory lap on something like this are typically. Uh, the people who are wrong the most and need that validation on the rare occasions when they are right. And Acuna being good should not have been 
a surprise to most analysts. And just because it was to some doesn't mean that you're a genius because you said the best prospect since Trout and Harper would be good. And, and now that he's good, you're going to, you're going to be pumped about it. Um, and I, I just, there's just been a lot of, uh, I don't get why people have to split into these, you know, firm camps too, where, you know, there were a lot of, analysts before the season just like I'm, I'm not taking or i'm not taking acuna because of where he's going like he's just overhyped he's a prospect he's overhyped no thanks uh i mean if you're just gonna look at every prospect as like a number on a list and just say well you know this is what happens with number one prospects and this is what happens with number two prospects and you're not going to peel the curtain back and analyze each individual prospect then i don't really think you should be analyzing prospects and passing it off as anything other than just you know sort of a, a formula and I, I mean i think formula any formula like uh minor league equivalent stuff stuff like that it's, it's just all kind of fairly useless to me and there has to be room for nuance when we're talking about these guys uh a guy like Acuna, you can be different from the last number one fantasy prospect or the last number one overall prospect. Like I I said in the outlook before the season, like he's the best prospect since Trout and Harper. That's not, you know, talking after the fact, like this was fairly obvious to me that this was the best fantasy prospect to come along in five years or so. And just kind of comparing other other prospects that have flamed out, especially you guys like guys that have never even come close to having his tools or uh, his level of success in the upper levels at his age. Uh, it's just it's kind of um, annoying. And I think I think a big part of the reason why uh, this has sort of become an issue is that uh, a lot of fantasy analysts just don't know much about prospects. They don't have time. Mm-hmm. in as part of their job to know much about prospects but they feel that they need to have some sort of a take which they definitely don't uh i don't think you know i don't think we all want to hear what everyone's take on on prospects is uh i mean there's a lot of guys that do great season-long stuff that are, are really smart at, at that aspect of things uh but you don't all need to have takes but a lot of the the people that don't know about prospects their take just becomes you know it's like a blanket yeah it's it's like everyone overvalues prospects he's he's a flavor of the month like he's the hot the shiny new toy like that's my take on prospects Mm -hmm. well go ask the the people that drafted acuna if you know he was overvalued and go ask the people that shelled out fab for Juan soto if he was overvalued like not albies paid up for him yeah i mean there are plenty of guys that are overvalued uh and there are plenty of guys that are end up being values because of this rhetoric that prospects are always overvalued it's it's just kind of lazy analysis yeah there's no nuance and it's just it's just lets you off the hook you know yeah and and yeah you you, if you just say every prospect's going to be overvalued uh and then just never kind of fess up when you were wrong about it i mean that that's kind of easy and uh I i also saw a lot of just people for some reason uh I don't get why we we're trying to compare Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna right now. I mean, I know I, I get it. It's, it's fun to put that poll up on Twitter. Like who would you rather take? Uh, but saying Juan Soto to me saying that he was way better than Ronald Acuna two weeks ago, uh, like saying that as if it, as if it's a fact mm-hmm. and it's going to be a fact going forward was stupid. I mean, I, I still had Acuna and Vlad ahead of Soto on the midseason dynasty rankings because I hadn't seen anything to convince me they weren't going to be superstars. And I think they both have more counting stat upside than than Soto. But you know, in that same right, if you're a, a Soto uh, over a or a, if you're going to say Acuna is better than Soto now just because of this hot week he's on, then that's stupid too. Like I mean, it's it's just a hot week. It's it's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of his career and you know Juan Soto's a stud so I, I just don't get why we have to get into fights about this guy this guy's better this guy's not not as good as this guy like for for reason x y and z like these guys are generational talents and I mean this was a prospect class coming into the season I, I definitely didn't have Juan Soto nearly as high as he should have been but I think before the season I said like I would take Acuna, Vlad Jr., Robles, and Eloy all over uh, 
Yon Mankata from when he like he was a prospect. Like this was a loaded class of guys. It wasn't like yeah, your typical like class of guys. And that's you know that's where you get into trouble when you say, well, like you know a lot of these other like top prospects have busted. Like this wasn't a normal class. Like there there can be varying prospect classes, and I know a lot of people just don't really have time to dig into that type of stuff. But um, you know, it was is I, I had to save this rant just because I was getting really annoyed by a lot of stuff on Twitter. And yeah, I don't want to like go after these people on Twitter, but I, I'm with you. Like I'm just getting just boiling up inside. Yeah, and, and, you know, just go search. You know somebody's a fantasy analyst handle and Acuna, you know, go do a Twitter search and you can find some, some funny bits. Um, but yeah, that, that blanket analysis for prospects where it's just, you know, I'll play the game of what is and, you know, it just takes you off the hook. It just, it makes it so that you don't have to know, uh, not a huge chunk, but a sizable portion of the player pool, a really impactful portion of the player pool. And I think that just leaves your analysis with holes and lacking, not really giving the people who are paying attention to your stuff um, the full picture. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that I was disagreeing with strongly on Twitter, not all, but but some are people that I really respect and people that yeah. I like I really uh, value their voice when it comes to fantasy oh, stuff. Not so much. It, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was hit or miss in that regard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just you know, it, it, it's not not everyone has to be a prospect analyst to be uh, an awesome fantasy baseball analyst. Like sometimes you can just sort of leave that uh, to other people. It's a massive people. player pool yeah. at the major league level. I get it. I mean, I don't. I don't even come close to dabbling in like fantasy football dfs like it's just i i try to stay in my lane and that lane is prospects so like i i get heated when i see a lot of people that haven't even come close to putting in the amount of time and effort that i do like have these like confident takes really like it's just like hard fast takes Yeah. yeah i'm with you man that's well put we appreciate all the work you do uh you know, to help us plug those gaps in knowledge because, you know, I was telling you this too when we were at your, your bachelor party, like, I feel like my knowledge of the player pool now is as good as it is because, you know, all these guys coming up, we've been talking about for years. So I, I thank you for that. Um, before we move on from Acuna, though, I was running our earned auction values calculator yesterday. Acuna, uh, entering play yesterday, was the number 99 player overall despite having played just 67 games. ESPN's player rater values things a little bit differently. They have him 111, so, you know, there is a little bit of a range there, but not a big range at all. 67 games. It's pretty remarkable. And you mentioned, you know, this is a crazy run. He's not going to keep this pace up, but given what he's done this year in his first big league season and, you know, maybe prorating a little bit, subtracting here and there, where do you think Ronald Acuna should go in drafts next year? First round? Uh, I'm not there yet. Um, I guess just, I, I hadn't thought a ton about this, but just when you were saying it, I was sort of thinking like middle second round, like kind of around pick 20, uh, it's fair. kind of in the 18 to 30 range. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't think that that's, a hot take in either direction really i mean there's so many awesome uh players i mean we we talked about it draft season this this past off season but uh the bar to me to get in that first round is is so damn high i mean you know there's gonna be probably what like three pitchers with an adp in the first round uh there's going to be just the, the usual suspects up there near the top on the, the position player side. There have been some guys that have sort of fallen out of that, that were in there uh, this year. Like, I mean, a guy like, you know, Chris Bryant, uh, Carlos Correa, Bryce Harper, even, I mean, I, I don't know if where he's going to end up going, uh, but he, he probably hasn't helped his, his redraft uh, stock all that much heading into next year. I mean, Jose Altuve is a guy that I'll be interested to see where he goes next year. But then you also have guys like uh, Alex Bregman and 
Benintendi, Benintendi and Juan Soto and guys like that, where, you know, they, they probably jump up in there. So, um, it's going to be fascinating. And we were talking at lunch about, uh, the, the draft we do every year at first pitch Arizona, that's in early November, uh, the NFBC league that we, we did last year. I'm really excited for that just to kind of get some answers to these questions like yeah, those are like the first answers you know and you don't really like we don't really go into that with a cheat sheet necessarily or at least not a good one uh so it's just kind of like definitely not. you kind of almost sort of have to in the moment decide you know i'm on the clock you're at pick whatever 15 16 who's available is it time for me to, to take a guy like Acuna? i mean that'll, that'll be interesting to, to kind of figure out yeah that's a it's a level-headed take you know i i'm starting to think i'll probably jump at him at the end of the first because you know the stolen bases are really the, the difference you know guys like bregman benintendi do give you that but with stolen bases on the decline and the adding that with acuna's power ability to hit for average um yeah we'll see i mean still a couple you know almost two months left a lot still to be decided but how do you see yourself uh ranking uh, Acuna, Soto, and Albies next year. You know, I think it's in that order. Acuna, Soto, Albies. Yeah. I like Albies, but his numbers against righties. You know, Eno Saris was pointing that out recently. Numbers against righties really have fallen off in a major way. Not running as much as I expected. Um, I don't think you can expect another leap in power next year for Albies. Love him as a player. Um, probably like fourth or fifth round for me, but. I, you know, I think I'd have Acuna first, Soto maybe second round. Soto, the play discipline is really unprecedented for a kid that age, but just not having that speed aspect, I think, will keep him out of the first round for me. One guy who I I kind of hope sort of stays in a little bit of a rut so that I can just have all kinds of shares next year is uh, Glaber Torres. Yeah. Because... He's been in a funk, for sure. People just are not talking about him at all, which is fine. Like, I don't... You know, he hasn't warranted a ton of hype, but, uh, you know, you could see guys like Soto and Albi or uh, Soto and like Acuna going, uh, both inside the top 20. And then like, I, I wonder if Glaber even goes inside the top 100 in, in some leagues and I, I would happily take him there. And, uh, I'm also interested to see where a guy like Vlad jr. Goes in redraft leagues next year. I mean, I know yeah. that I, I, I kind of almost, think it's a, a lock that you're going to make a statement on Vlad jr in the uh the first pitch arizona fpc draft like you did with uh albies this past i mean uh, that was like November. the seventh round it was too it, crazy it sent uh ripples through the room people were <laughs> people were in awe of, of you reaching on, oh. on albies there they're doing the tim the tool man like <laughs> yeah. um oh my goodness i our plan was to talk about cunha for about 10 minutes we doubled that so we got to get to your article, but first a quick read from our sponsor, Fantasy Baseball Fans. Uh, the season is still going strong, a couple months left, and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Play against your friend for bragging rights, your one friend, your friends for bragging rights, or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduelcom slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RoadWire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Just visit fanduelcom slash RW, void where prohibited. James, your latest article, Farm Futures, September call-up candidates, really the full rundown of 40-man and non-40-man candidates. You gave me some instruction earlier to you know kind of skip over these uh, scrubby-ish catchers and first base types. One first baseman who's already up, uh, I think he still has prospect eligibility, Ryan McMahon. You think he's a guy that you know even in like 12-team leagues needs to be picked up right now? man i don't know just because i don't trust the rockies to do anything i i I, yeah i don't even know like i mean if the rockies been terrible but they're gonna still trot him out there yeah i i mean i don't think they should even be playing 
DJ LeMahieu over Garrett Hampson right now if they're trying to field the best team. Uh, but they obviously, you know, they're a loyal team. They're they're loyal to a fault. And uh, Han- or, I mean, McMahon should have been playing pretty much all season. I mean, yeah, imagine what he could have done with a full season. Yeah. Just let him be. Uh, so I guess that's kind of a, a hedge there. Uh, if I knew he was going to play uh, as much as he's playing right now over the rest of the season, then sure. But I, I don't know. I mean, if you're trying to add a, a first base eligible guy on waivers, even in a 12 team league, it's the, it's pretty slim pickings out there. Yeah, so that's a good point. Uh, I could see, I could see a case for it. Yeah. I think just the skill set's worth stashing for a little while. I mean, see what happens. Uh, you mentioned Garrett Hampson. He's been kind of up and down as needed recently. He's, he's back up as of a couple of days ago. Not playing, though, but is he a guy, too, that you know you might as well just see, pick up, see what happens? Or do you think, um, as you said, the Rockies just probably won't do the right thing? Well, it would be nice if they just kind of fell completely out of uh, the playoff race. Uh, but even that, I guess, it, who knows? It's the Rockies. Um, I just sort of hope that he can get two or three starts maybe in his first week or so uh hit well over that that span you know turn that into four or five starts the next week and i just i kind of want to get as as much of a taste of him against big league pitching as possible because i think next year he's going to be competing for the opening day uh job at second base uh because i can't imagine the rockies would resign dj lemayhu but who knows um and I just I want to kind of get a good feel for where I want to take Hampson and, and redraft leagues next year. Uh, big time stolen base upside. I mean, anyone that could steal twenty bases that kind of qualifies as big time stolen base upside, and, and he could definitely do that. Has a little bit of power too. Has a, a really solid hit tool, and in that park, obviously that'll play up even more. So a guy that I'm excited about, but a guy that I just I think it's. Uh, foolish to think that he will get as much playing time as he probably deserves down the stretch speaking of stolen bases Alberto Mondesi good grief guys uh, running wild for next year would you take Mondesi to lead the majors and steals or the field well I would have to take the field just because you know I mean a lot could happen with just one player um but I, if you forced me to take a player to lead the majors in steals, I think it might be Mondesi. I think, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it sucks because I, I tweeted earlier this week, like I, I've got him in like half my leagues, but the problem is like all the leagues I have him in are either, uh, like points or head to head leagues or leagues where I, don't have a ton of ground to gain in steals and then there's like some other leagues like like if i had him in tgfbi i could really just go on a run here uh over the final six weeks because i i i seriously think he could steal 20 bases between now and the end of the season and yeah he's got like how many does he have already he's got <laughs> he's got uh, uh shoot, i think he had like seven or eight in the past two weeks but um and he's not even getting on base at a high clip and that that's part of what makes him a guy that's out there on waivers still in some leagues. Like mm-hmm. if you're asking, you know, a lot of people are asking me like, well, what's, what's his like OBP going to be like, what's, you know, that type of stuff. It's like, well, that's, he's just not an OBP guy right now. Uh, hopefully. 15. Yeah. <laughs> 39 games. Hopefully he becomes, hopefully, you know, if he could just become like a, a 325 OBP guy, uh, by the time he's like 27, 28, I think that'd be great. Uh, I was actually sort of surprised when I tweeted that out about him, how many people actually do play in OBP leagues. I'm, I'm not, I'm only in one. Um, but you know, a guy that he's in, in OBP leagues, he's kind of the stolen base version of Joey Gallo and Roto leagues where yeah. his OBP is going to be so bad that you kind of have to decide whether, whether or not it's worth it. Uh, but it steals are, are so much more scarce than home runs that I think it probably ends up being worth it. Uh, he's got power though too. I mean, he's got a real quick bat. He's just really aggressive up there. Uh, for how aggressive he is, I think he's pretty good at making hard contact. And he's just got such great instincts out there. Like he he steals third almost as much as he steals second. Yeah, that's wild. It, it's just crazy to see the jumps he gets on pitchers from second base. Now, I guess you could say that just because of that, maybe the steals 
uh, on a per game basis decline next year because more pitchers will be aware that they have to hold him at second. Uh, but I mean, he's just so aggressive and so good at getting jumps that I, I really think if he stays healthy, uh, 50 plus steals is a, a pretty good bet for him next year. Yeah. Just an absolute burner. I was going to say, you know, at least he has a higher OBP than Billy. That's not actually true. <laughs> Billy's up at three Oh five. It's hard to believe actually. Yeah. Good job. Billy. I had, I had to do a search cause I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Um, so not much, you know, coming up, probably a catcher first base, second, anything at third worth keeping an eye on. Uh, not really. I mean, I, I mentioned guys in all for all of these positions, but a lot of them are just you know deeply guys. Uh, it doesn't really get interesting, in my opinion, until we get to the outfield, and there you've got Austin Meadows, who I know is owned probably in a good chunk of uh, redraft leagues right now, just because uh, everyone's kind of assuming he'll take over an everyday role for the Rays fairly soon. He's been on an absolute tear at AAA since that trade. I mean, that trade kind of just by the day looks worse and worse for for the Pirates. Uh, Meadows, to me, I mean, how do you think in 20... He'll be... So just quickly, he'll be up uh, by September at the latest. I think he's, at that point, kind of an all-formats type of guy. But just for 2019, how do you think they divvy up the playing time between Meadows, Fam, Kiermaier, and Malik Smith? Because Malik Smith's been uh, a stud for them over the past month or two as well. Um, I sort of think Malik Smith becomes sort of the the luxurious fourth outfielder. Uh, but you know, Kiermaier's in a in a pretty big rut. I assume his glove keeps him in there. Tommy Fam misses time typically, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's how Smith gets his at bats. But how do you see that playing out? Yeah, it's, I can see, you know, Smith opening the year as a depth option, but, you know, that depth is going to be needed. It always is. So there should be a bats for guys to go around. I could also see him trading fam. You know, I mean, I don't know how many years he has left until free agency, but I could see one of those guys being moved. But, you know, good teams, you know, don't have, can't have enough depth. Yeah. So I don't really see um, it being a problem to get all those guys worked in. Then the next guy at outfield that i i think is is worth in in 15 teamers at least uh worth thinking about picking back up is dustin fowler who is demoted to triple a yeah it's been a struggle but he is absolutely on fire since getting sent back down um i mean his numbers at triple a are just insane i know it's the pcl and everything but uh, one of those guys, and this is kind of a theme in, among these outfielders, just nothing to prove at AAA. And I refuse to believe that Nick Martini is a better option than Dustin Fowler right now. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think Ramon Laureano should be playing over Martini just for his defense, but uh, that hasn't really been happening either. Uh, I think Fowler probably comes up even before September if he if he continues to hit like this. And sometimes we see this with guys that, like, in their first season – they come up, they struggle, they go back down to AAA, then they come back up and like everything kind of clicks that second time. Uh, I could see that being the case with Fowler. Not a guy that I think you have to get aggressive on, and it's kind of you know case by case depending what categories you're chasing right now. But uh, a guy that I, I would say don't forget about him because he's really been on fire at AAA. Yeah, I'm hoping he comes up and does something because I'd still have him on the bench and labor could use a boost there. Um, by the way, the Rays getting Baz too. We kind of skipped over that, but um, that went from a a win to kind of a landslide uh, victory for the Rays. I think uh, Buxton, Byron Buxton, he just returned to action and homered in his return with AAA Rochester. Had been dealing with that wrist injury. She initially heard in early July. It was a problem again after his initial return. Only made it three games. Before he was back on the DL. But you're going to die on this hill, aren't you? I am, and. Uh, like I said in the piece, I think a lot of our listeners probably think I'm already dead on that <laughs> hill. Like, you could go walk by that hill and you'd see my dead body up there on it. But uh, I'm just, I'm, it's whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going down with the ship. I'm 100% fine with that. I just, I believe in the talent too much. I think it eventually will rise to the top. And, you know, I, I really believe he just needs to stay healthy. Uh, I, I don't know how much blame goes on the, the twins for being unable to kind of uh, 
get him to adopt the right approach and how much of that blame goes to to the player uh but you know if you're looking for a guy with stolen base upside in september especially in uh, deeper leagues i mean buxton has so much more upside than the rest of the guys out there uh i you know who knows how he plays in september but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he kind of got into a swing of things here at AAA, gets back up to the big leagues and has a hot month part of me is hoping he doesn't do that so that i can get him like in the mid 200s of drafts Selfishly. next year but yeah. uh yeah we'll see i mean are they still starting jake cave like come on <laughs> just give him i mean they're well out of it they gotta at least give him i would think give him a look uh, another look we'll see alex verdugo has been hot and he should get the call i mean on the 40 man obviously who knows where he's going to play? The regular bats will open up. Want to get to the you know maybe the biggest hot topic in terms of possible September promotions? That's Eloy Jimenez, and yeah, all the numbers scream that he's deserving and look awesome. But everybody was saying the exact same thing about Ronald Acuna last year. Like, oh, he'll, he'll be up. Just doesn't make good business sense. What? Which way are you leaning with Eloy? Yeah, I I still don't know why the White Sox have even hinted that he could be up this year because it's just you know why why freak your fans out like that yeah uh why create like a, a controversy where there really wasn't one like i mean nobody nobody was even really thinking except for us you know deep fantasy prospect hounds like nobody was even really thinking about Ila jimenez so they could have just been quiet about it but uh yeah no reason to have him up this year i mentioned him on here i mentioned vlad jr i mentioned force whitley just because they're names people talk about but they're not they're not coming up this year by the way before we get to the hip-hop collabs countdown i just gotta say if you're not following outcasts big boy on twitter <laughs> got to correct that because these owls he has and then he posts pic, uh, videos over crazy <laughs> I, anyway, I am not following big boy right now you need to yeah you need to do that because big boy's the man for one and right he's got these exotic creatures apparently. He's, yeah. he's definitely the man that's he a good is cool um so moving on from position players starting pitcher you mentioned that Lucas Sims was a guy that you wanted to talk about. Go Reds. Go Reds. Why is he on the mind? Uh, I just, I've been really impressed by what he's done at uh, both of his AAA stops before and after the trade. Uh, and it's, he's a guy where I think a lot of people sort of think of him as this sort of older, you know, kind of in the Matt Whistler, Cody Reed mold where he's like 25, 26. Uh, and he's kind of, you know, run out of chances to to prove he can be a starter but he like only turned 24 in may and i mean i know that he you know the braves were only using him as a reliever uh didn't have any success in the the big league rotation last year but you know 17 starts at triple a he's striking out over 10 batters per inning uh you know preventing runs i i think there might be something here and I mean, God knows in that Reds rotation that they've got to be able to find a way for him or a, a spot for him. Uh, I saw I saw some clips from Homer Bailey's last start, and Ooh, sorry. boy, oh boy, sorry you had to endure that. Uh, I mean, big Sally's looking <laughs> awful lately. I mean, Bobby's in there, Sally's oh, in God, there, yeah. Bailey's in there. Uh, I mean, Mally couldn't even. I mean, that's how bad he's been. Yeah. I can't even crack yeah. it. I didn't even mention Mally in this article. That's how bad he's been. But I mean, <laughs> it's been just really disappointing. I, it's not a great September for you know stashing a pitcher that that you think could come up. But uh, you know, we see it every year that there will be someone that that jumps into a rotation in September and provides value. Sims is my bet. Uh, I, I think in you know leagues that are deeper than fifteen, I. I would consider stashing him especially if you're really chasing uh just the the starter categories uh but at the very least just keep an eye on him if it gets announced that he's going to make a start and you like the matchup and you're in shallower formats i'm sure he's just going to be out there i mean he, he's the type of guy where it could be announced in like a, a 12 or 15 team league that he's going to be starting on like a wednesday against a, a crappy team like the mets and people might not even pick him up and you could just go get him for a buck so that that's sort of the appeal i see with sims 
Nice. Well, how about this? How about I throw you some quick hitters? You can maybe mention whatever you want, and then we can uh, move on to a couple mailbag questions, and ultimately the uh, hip hop collabs countdown. Michael Kopech. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he came up. It doesn't theoretically doesn't make business sense for him to come up, but uh, I think they could bring him up in September and then also justify sending him back down uh, next April. Yeah, that's not something they would be able to do with Eloy because. I just don't see him struggling to where that would even be justifiable at all. Uh, Justice Sheffield. Yeah, really bad timing for him. He had probably his worst start all season. Uh, I think that was last night, just after Brian Cashman had alluded to the idea that they would probably bring him up this year. So uh, hopefully he can right the ship here in his next outing, maybe put a couple nice outings together and get the call. But um, not a guy on the 40-man. He's a guy that does have to be added this offseason, though. I think he's up, but... Uh, it might just be in a bullpen roll. Kristen Stewart, man, that Tigers outfield. I just don't. I, I don't see why he would come up now. If if they were willing to not bring him up this entire season, I don't know why they would decide that September is the time for him to come up. Nice. Um, finally, Jesus Lazardo. So Lazardo is up at 101 two-thirds innings after throwing 43 and a third last year it would be awesome to see him in the big leagues this year i just don't think it makes a ton of sense and you know only two starts at triple a so far for him uh throw out his last outing i think that was in colorado springs but uh i think we're, we're looking at a early 2019 big league debut for lizardo and, and vlad jr that's just not happening can we no. just put that to rest okay good all right, so Derek did pass on a couple questions. We just hit these real quick. Um, are, are Alex Kirloff and Jesus Sanchez both 60-hit, uh, 60-power guys? What separates these two from a fantasy perspective? Uh, so with Sanchez, there's just a, a much better track record. Uh, he's got several seasons of being a guy that hits over 300 i'm a lot more confident in him being uh, a six hitter but both these guys could be six hitters and uh, both actually probably even have room for a little bit more than that uh you know they they could be guys that are hitting 300 310 some seasons and sanchez is a better athlete i think kirloff by the time he gets to the big leagues is going to be more of kind of a, a no speed corner guy uh so sanchez could chip in you know eight to 15 steals maybe early on uh but kirilov i think has the higher power ceiling of the bunch so they're they're very similar in a lot of ways so i get why you're trying to decide between the two but uh there's some small differences there and we talked about wander franco last week but uh what kind of uh power and speed brandon wants to know do you think we can expect from him at the big league level don't factor in speed with wander franco i just don't really see him being that type of guy he's more of a number three number four hitter he's going to hit for a really high average if everything comes together for him he's going to be a guy that wins a couple batting titles uh 25 plus homers i think is where i'm going to just throw throw the power at for him could be way over that we just it's too early to say what it's going to be but uh not he's not some guy that like i'm saying 40 homer guy I, I think that it's way way too soon to say anything like that but you know a guy that hits like 320 and hits 25 homers that's a first round pick and then john had a couple questions he wanted to know basically about you know shane baz and if this made this you know big win for the the rays i think we can agree that it makes it a bigger win for them just uh he maybe give us your outlook on baz yeah he's got uh frontline upside frontline stuff uh throwing strikes has been an issue for him as it often is with prep righties with that kind of uh electricity in the arsenal i think he's behind a guy like matthew libertor for me in that raise system uh just because i think libertor is kind of a a more polished guy that also has great stuff whereas baz i think the development the developmental process is going to be a little slower i don't i don't expect him to move very quickly but that's a that's a heck of an arm to have as a player to be named later so yeah they're, they're crushing it on that deal yeah and i think you called that a couple of weeks ago uh, so nice work there when you you know said that brian hayes was not going to be the guy i think you mentioned baz um this next question is kind of you know it requires a pretty lengthy response but if we might have to make this a little shorter and not give a full response but 
Uh, John also wants to know with the expansion on the horizon that does seem likely and declining saves and steals. How would you build your ideal long-term league number of teams, AL, NL or mix keeper dynasty auction or snake? I mean, it's a lot to get into, but any just thoughts? Uh, so I, I assume he's the commissioner or is trying to build a league and wants to know like how to go about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, to me, it, I love 20 team dynasty, the, the RDI format where you keep players forever, no contracts, uh, keep 35 players year to year. If you want a full kind of, you know, how I set that league up, uh, there are some links out there. If you, uh, DM me on Twitter, I could probably share that with you. Or if you just Google it, I think, uh, Eddie Almaguer at, at uh, fake teams of baseball prospectus wrote something up on that. So, uh, that that's my favorite format, but I play like, I would never just play that format. Like I love redraft. I love auction. I love all that stuff. I mean, I, I think you should just play in, uh, a variety of formats and you know, I think you'll have a lot of fun with, with most of those. I don't play points. Don't play head to head. Don't play daily, daily lineup moves. That's, yeah. that's yeah, the daily lineup moves are, I mean, those just reward the the people with no, nothing to do. You know? <laughs> just sitting around their computers all day. Um, I'll say I love the standard five by five scoring. I'm okay yes. if you want to put in like OBP instead of average, but I I will say I'm hard against saves plus holds. I think solds are a joke. My my favorite's the five by five as well. The the standard with the average, but yeah, I mean if you want to mix it up with the with OBP, that's fine. Nice. Well, we appreciate those questions. Now we are on to the number two entries on our respective lists on the greatest hip hop collaborations of all time. Mine maybe surprise you a little bit. Um, but I've mentioned a couple times, you know, I had that VHS tape of music videos and I wore out, literally wore out the part uh, with Mob Deep and Nas, It's Mine. Oh, nice. I love that song. Um, the line about, you know, if it's beef, poke him with a fork, make sure he's done well. One of my all-time favorite lines. Um, that video is insane. Love the beat, too. Um Top to bottom, one of my favorites. That was tough because I know that that's not one that you'll see on many lists. It's super subjective. But for me, that was one that kind of uh, just um, defined my childhood, I guess, and something that I still like a lot. I love love Mob Deep, love Nas. I uh, love whenever those two uh, were when that group and that. I mean, Nas is one of the greatest of all time. So when they, when they get together on a, on a track, it's always gold. So uh, nothing wrong with that pick at all. Um, mine is John Blaze, Fat Joe. I mean, who would have thought a <laughs> Fat Joe track would not that's, only crack the top shocking. twenty, but number two overall? I do love but that it, song. Though. It's not really about Fat Joe. Uh, he's one fifth of the the track. It's Fat Joe, Nas. Big Pun, Jadakiss, Raekwon. Uh, my favorite verse on there is the Big Pun verse. Uh, I mean, yeah. Big Big Pun, rest in peace, was, you know, I, I forget what we graded him at in terms of flow and lyrics and everything like that. But, I mean, he's, to me, uh, at least six is across the board. And, and when you when you go to flow, uh, that, that might be an 80, 80 flow, Big Pun <laughs> had back in the day. So... Uh, that's my favorite guy on the track, but I mean, you can make a case for Nas's verse. You could make uh, a case for Raekwon's verse. Uh, just a just a really loaded track. And uh, when I was putting my list together, it seemed like uh, Jadakiss and Raekwon seemed to be on a, a lot of the the songs I was considering. I don't know if those guys are just kind of tight with everyone and just happen to find their way onto these tracks or if they kind of perform better in a, in a collab type of atmosphere but uh those guys you know put them on a track and it, it's usually gonna be pretty good yeah absolutely man i'm glad you mentioned big pun because man what a legend he was and i agree that six is across the board flow and swag maybe both 80 like oh yeah i mean to have that much weight you know, and still <laughs> be a player and crush a lot that's pretty impressive and you know the Terra Squad. I, I'm trying to remember what song it was, but one song that they had a video as, and the Cuban Link was in it. Obviously, he's part of Terra Squad. Um, really good. It's so hard. 
It's one of my it's still one of my favorite tracks. It's nice. so hard. It's incredible. I got no I got nothing uh nothing against Terror Squad. Um No. I mean Fat Fat Joe, people make fun of him a lot. I mean I I think he's a he's a average rapper. Uh I I think he's he's a hilarious dude. I, I've seen some interviews with him recently. I, I think he was on uh Labitard show. Uh I mean he's he's a he seems like a guy that would just be a, a phenomenal hang. Oh yeah. That's very true. Uh, well, great stuff, man. We got one more entry. There's so many too that you know just didn't make quite make the cut. Um, and we're gonna have to do another countdown at some point, but um, just feel you know I feel guilty leaving a lot of these songs off. It's too bad. Big one next week, though. Yeah, this is uh, the finale. We'll probably do a couple more shows yeah. before the end. And we're, of the I'm still taking ideas on Twitter uh, for what you want us to do next. To close out the show, have had some good suggestions, uh, but yeah, keep those coming in. Um, we'll try to probably take a break from doing stuff at the end of the pods this season, but then we'll de- debut something else uh, at the start of the, the 2019 podcasting season. Also, Cuban Links, um, and I don't just like him because his name's Link, but uh, Cuban, <laughs> that's probably not his real name. I uh, know it's Felix Delgado, but um, Cuban Links tribute song to Big Pun. After he died, Fly- Flowers for the Dead. Go check out that video if you haven't seen it. Really good one. That'll do it for us, James. We appreciate the insight as always. We'll talk to you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.